This is Proxilla Radio, the UK's first dedicated progressive rock music radio network. You're listening to Tabletop Genesis, a podcast by Genesis fans for Genesis fans. Hi there, this is Mike Lord, and I am doing a special little short solo Tabletop Genesis episode. Just so you know, in case you were following us on Twitter, we were going to record actually a weekend or two ago our uh, Trick to the Tail and our Wise After the Event, I almost said Wind After the Event, our Wise After the Event episodes. But unfortunately, due to some illness, we had to postpone, so we were doing Recording on the weekend of the 8th and the 9th of February. Today, just so you know, is January 27th. And I just put out on Twitter that uh, I'm going to do an episode talking about the Phil Collins and Steve Hackett shows that I attended at the end of last year. Not that they were doing shows together, two shows separately, one Phil Collins and two Steve Hackett shows. And so I'll talk about those, just my experiences with that. And then I said, if there's anything else you guys want me to address, I will uh, see if I have any thoughts for you. So with that, I'm thinking this will be maybe a 20 minute, half an hour episode, nothing huge. You can look on your podcast uh, software and see what... uh, how long this is already, who knows, it'll be five hours by the time I'm done, probably. So I'm recording at my apartment in Manhattan in New York City, whereas when we record at Stacy and Simon's, they have Dora the Greyhound, who wanders in and out of the recording sometimes. I have a cat named Haley, who may meow periodically because I'm not paying attention to her, but maybe not. Maybe she'll just let me be and record here. Anyway, with that being said, at the end of last year, from October to actually September to October and then in November, went to a couple shows. Saw Steve Hackett at The Beacon in New York City on, I think, September 25th, if my memory serves me right. And then I saw him at the very last show of this tour at Hammersmith Odeon, or whatever it's called now in London, uh, because I felt like flying over there and seeing some friends and seeing this last show. So it was a good time. While I was in London, I actually recorded a podcast episode on Richard McPhail's podcast, since he was kind enough to come and do our podcast twice. I figured I would return the favor. So if you want to look up Radio Rich Pickings, uh, my episode is from back in um, November, December, I think, where I play a lot of music that I have affinity for. Only one Genesis-related track in there, and you'll have to guess what it is. So, with that being said, let's talk about the Phil show first, just because there was only one of those, even though I'll basically combine the two Steve shows into one conversation because they weren't that radically different from each other, besides the location. If you haven't seen Phil live, I know I've talked with some people who were like, oh, I don't want to see him sitting, or it's not the way it was and everything, and that's very true. It's not probably the way it was back when Phil was touring in the 80s and 90s as a solo artist. But, you know, this is what he can do now. He can still perform these songs, he can still sing the songs, and 
I think the band itself, especially the horn players, kind of step up a bit, of, and the singers too, the, uh, the four or five different backup singers that he has. I think they really step up to kind of make it a bit more of a show because it could be pretty static with him just sitting in a chair and singing these songs. So I'm, if you're looking for avoid spoilers in case he should tour again, either or if for Steve's show, I'm going to talk about the set list. So, you know, stop listening now if you're worried about spoilers for shows that happened a couple months ago. I'll just go through this set list right now so you can see what uh, what this is. Uh, it was for Phil, started with Against All Odds, then we had Another Day in Paradise, Hanging Long Enough, Don't Lose My Number, Throwing It All Away, Follow You, Follow Me, I Missed Again, Who Said I Would, Separate Lives, then a drum trio break, Something Happened on the Way to Heaven, You Know What I Mean, In the Air Tonight, You Can't Hurry Love, Dance Into the Light, Invisible Touch, Easy Lover, and Susudio, with an encore of Take Me Home. One of my things, it was a great show. I really enjoyed it. Phil was in good spirits, great voice, uh, and he put on a great show. Again, with the limitations that he's not going to be running around the stage like he was even back in 2007. He's just not mobile like that anymore, so he can't do it. Um, a drummer friend of mine asked, how was Nick? Um, this was actually the maybe fourth time I've seen Phil Solo on this run of shows he's done since he decided to tour again. And from the first five minutes, really even shorter than that, of the very first gig I saw back in Paris, I was like, yeah, Nick is doing fine. It's like, I don't even have to worry about the drums. He's solid back there. So he does a great job filling in for his dad or whatever live drummer you want to think about playing with Phil. And so... I think the band is great. There are a lot of familiar faces there. The, even though I'm not a fan of having a lot of backup singers, I think they actually provide a good texture for most of the music. Against All Odds, great way to start the set with Take a Look at Me Now as kind of the subtext of things. Basically putting it out there saying, either take me as I am or don't enjoy the show. Don't come if you're not interested. So... That's which I think is fair. I think that some people who say eh, it's not my thing, I guess it's not your thing, and that's fine. So, another day in paradise, decent song. I could take it or leave it. I think it's I'm if it's gonna be played, I'm glad it's played early in the set. Hanging long enough, uh, another good kind of up number right after another day in paradise. Uh, same with don't lose my number, which might have been played at one of the earlier shows that I saw, but I can't remember. Um, and then we get into Throwing It All Away and Follow You, Follow Me, the two uh, Genesis songs, which is great because it's nice that he does the nod to that era of his prior to solo career in there. Um, and he definitely does kind of leave in the in the um, I'll address this later on, but in the intros for those songs, he does kind of lead on the audience saying, who knows what might happen in the future? We're still friends, whatever. He even did kind of the casting out the line and reeling them in type of uh, pantomime to kind of, you know, for the positive reaction that that news got from uh, the fans. And so there's also some news that have come up recently that I'll address later on. Um, both great versions of the song, especially the visuals for Follow You, Follow Me, much like I Know What I Liked back in 2007. It's kind of the montage of a lot of old pictures including all of them from back in the day which is a lot of fun i missed again 
another up song, good horns in there, who said I would. Not something I would have expected to hear, but it wasn't one of the big kind of radio songs from what I remember back in the day, but a good addition. Separate Lives is in there as the uh, kind of slow ballady song. Uh, I'm glad it wasn't a groovy kind of love, but I don't need to hear Separate Lives again, but I know that there's a segment of the audience that wants to hear that. So I enjoy it in the moment, and then I forget that I heard it. So one thing that Phil has been doing on this leg of of this leg, this most recent leg of the tour, was the actually being involved in the drum trio events where it used to be just kind of the duo of Nick and the percussionist playing. I wish I had the band list in front of me, but I feel bad not naming these people, just saying the horn players, the singers, the percussionist. Um, But that's online if you want to find it. No disrespect to any of those people. They all did great jobs. So uh, the drum trio was great because it did have a piece where Nick and the percussionist did their own thing and then they came around, the three of them did the kind of beating on those drum boxes that you sit on, the kind of echo and, you know, can do different drum sounds and everything. And Phil did participate in that. So, yeah, so seeing Phil drum or bongo or however you want to describe it, playing with his hands, that's what he can do now. So take it for what it is for his him participating and having a great time doing it goes slamming right into something heaven on the way to heaven you know what i mean the slow ballad from face value where nick is playing piano on there it's a great moment for the two of them uh and i like it i like that ballad i think i talked about that back in our face value episode of course in the air tonight he does perform that standing up for those of you who weren't at the shows he does kind of you know he is able to stand for that, not move around, but it doesn't call for a lot of moving around. And it's it's a good number. It doesn't it hasn't lost any of its power or surprise or how different it is from a lot of his other music, too. So then we jump into kind of the big kind of run up to the end with You Can't Hurry Love, Dance into the Light, Invisible Touch, Easy Love, or Susudio. It's just bam, 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 right after another. Any one of those numbers could have been the final number of the night. And Susudio is obviously, obviously, the obvious ending. And that's fine. Sometimes you want an obvious ending. And sometimes you want the obvious encore of Take Me Home. So would I go see this show again? I've seen Phil, again, I'll say four times on this kind of run of shows since 2015 when he was uh, came back and did this, 20, 2016, whenever it was. And if he were to go out again on his own, I'd want to see... I'd want to see a, a radical shakeup of the set list. This set list has basically, give or take a song or two, has been the set list since he started touring again. Um, he did do things like I Don't Care Anymore when I first saw him, which I don't think maybe lasted since that last, uh, since that first tour, although maybe it's cropped up at random shows here and there. But I would like to see maybe a mix of a couple other non- kind of radio songs in there I've always talked about do you know do you care is a great song um, even something like through these walls which was played back in the day or you know doesn't anybody stay together anymore some tracks that you know weren't radio hits but are more for the long-term fans which again Phil gets a lot of people who are casual Phil fans at the show but 
they can maybe deal with 25% of the show being more, you know, more or less known for them or less known for them, however you want to put that. So I also say that when you have your obvious encore song of Take Me Home, do it at the start of the show, much like Genesis did in 2007 with playing um, Turn It On Again so early in the set. It's one of those songs that you think, oh, that's been the encore forever. Now that it's being played at a different time, what's the encore going to be if you think about that during the run of the show? So so again, my verdict is positive. I think that's great. I think it's a good, uh, good uh, what do you call it? It's a good show. So if you have the money, you don't have to spend, you know, $200, $300 for front row tickets. I'm sure if you're up in the in the balcony somewhere, it's still a great show. There's a lot of good visuals. You get the screen so you can see what's going on. So it's all good. So that brings us to, uh, talking about venues, a uh, two shows that were in smaller venues than what Phil was playing in, where it's more of the sports arenas. Uh, saw Steve at the Beacon Theatre, Steve Hackett, that is at the Beacon Theatre in New York and at the Hammersmith Odeon, Hammersmith in London. And both were great shows. If I, I remember talking after the fact, after the London show and thinking, you know, if I had to rate the two shows, they were both really good. I think London might've had the edge. A, just because it was London and kind of a special trip for going over there for me, for me personally. And it was just a, I think it was the last show of the tour. I think the band was into it. It was good reaction. Steve's brother, John, was there to play flute on a couple songs. So I think that, you know, that was the kind of moments that that kind of elevated the show above New York, which was a great show. So this set list, I'll go through this, because this tour, in case you uh, have forgotten, was about the kind of 40th anniversary of Spectral Mornings and playing complete Sound England by the Pound. And so uh, it started out with Every Day, and then we had a couple new songs, Under the Eye of the Sun, Fallen Walls and Pedestals, and Beasts in Our Time from Steve's most recent album, which were good uh, live tracks. I think they put the new album across pretty well. Then from Spectral Mornings, we've got The Virgin and the Gypsy, a shortened version of Tiger Moth, Spectral Mornings, The Red Flower of Tachai Blooms Everywhere, and Clocks the Angel of Mons. Uh, then there was a break, and then we do Selling England in Order, uh, which I don't need to tell you what that is, or if you do, you can just look it up. Then we get Deja Vu, a track that was uh, written by Hackett and Ga or was originated by Gabriel back in the Spectral Mornings, uh, Spectral Mornings, back in the Selling England time frame, and then Steve finished it off, and they had he put it on his um, first Genesis Revisited album, excuse me, from the mid-1990s. And so I think that that's where, um, that's where that comes from. And then the uh, last song before the entree was Dance on a Volcano, which was great when I saw it at, um, at both shows, but at um, what do you call it, at the Beacon in New York, the first of these tours that I saw, I thought that it was going to be the musical box. And so when Dance on a Volcano started, I was really happily surprised by that. So it was, uh, and it was a great version of it. And then the encore was uh, Steve's uh, version of Los Endos that he's been playing that includes bits of myopia and slogans in there. So again, traditional kind of ending for Steve's recent shows. Um, again, plug that in at the start of the show, surprise people so that something else can be uh, 
at the end. Although it's nice if there's something instrumental at the end, but maybe you'd want uh, some more vocals there too. So looking back at this, you know, every day, it's a classic opener. It's a great one. Steve had mentioned that every day is a great one to play because A, it, it is familiar to a lot of the crowd. And also it's a good kind of opening song to make sure the sound is at the right levels. So it really works out. Um, from seeing this song, this band, uh, it's the same band we've seen for a while, except with Craig Blundell on drums, at who replaced Gary O'Toole, who decided to step away from the band and step away from touring. And so it was kind of like, oh, how's Greg going to handle this? Craig going to handle this? And he handled it great. I'd seen him with Stephen Wilson, and I saw him with Frost on one of the Cruise to the Edges that I went on back in... 2017? 2017 it was when he played with a band called Frost and that was it was he was really he's always been really good he's a tremendously solid drummer and he would fit right into Steve's band really well and might have had a bit more power behind him than Gary's drumming if that's what you're looking for and that's just more saying the different styles that they have it's not better or worse it's just different with that uh, the new tracks were all, you know, three in a row at the start of the show. I think that they came over really well live, and I would like to see more new stuff done with Steve's shows. Uh, I know it's kind of turned into in the past couple years when initially it was with Genesis Revisited, just all the Genesis tracks, and now it's about half and half Genesis, half Genesis, half Hackett. Um, and the Hackett stuff is kind of like, oh, this is a theme. It was Voyage of the Acolyte for a bit of time. Now it's Spectra Mornings. And yeah, and unfortunately, I think a lot of these new songs get played for a tour and then they never show up again. And that's unfortunate. You know, I think that my observation about Steve's records is that sometimes they'll do a record that then becomes his template for a while. And I think that last template record that he did was to watch the storms back i'm right by my cds i should just look at this um to watch the storms if i'm remembering my hackett names right back in um you know the late 90s early 2000s and when a lot of those songs like mechanical bride and serpentine serpentine song ended up being in the set for a long time because they were great new songs and they had a life to them more than just one tour and, but I also, you know, this is what is selling tickets for Steve. You know, this mix of the old and some new. And maybe there can be, you know, a special show at some point that is just like, you know, you know, more of the new stuff or different old stuff from his own solo career. Because I kind of miss some of that material. I always, I've, I've mentioned to Steve personally that I would love to hear Cell 151 live. Now, is that ever going to happen? Eh, probably not. So, uh, Second half of the show, Selling England by the Pound, playing the album in order. I am not, I like the album, obviously, but I am not a fan when bands play an album in order live. I don't think that the live, that the album sequencing always translates the best to a live show for the dynamics of ups and downs and you know fast and slow and you know how you want to think about structuring a live set um it just doesn't 
it's not my favorite thing and it makes it a little bit predictable. I do kind of like the surprise of not knowing what's coming next. And when you're listening to an album being played live and they're playing it in order, that surprise goes out the window. With that being said, all the performances were great. I think I know what I like. You know, it, it gets stretched out in a different way than it was for uh, Genesis in Seconds Out and Afterwards era. So again, it's Hackett putting his own stamp on that. Um, it was great hearing More Fool Me, a song that Steve, as he said on our podcast when we interviewed him, didn't even play on initially. So it's um, it was a great song that I hadn't heard live outside of the mus- musical bots or some tribute bands doing those things. Uh, we get after the ordeal, Battle of Epping Forest. Actually, how can we not skip? How can we skip that? That's a track that was the marathon of. You know, I like the song, but listening to it live for me is a bit of a, a bit of an endurance test because there's a lot that can go wrong in that song, and so I'm always a little bit nervous for the band and for the singer singing these songs, for Nad singing these songs, that it's easy to get lost. And both times, you know, that I saw them do this song, nothing bad happened. It was actually very well done. So I give that a thumbs up, but it was just kind of, you know, a surprise. You know, not a surprise. I'm sorry. I'm not talking right here. Um, It just wasn't what I was... It... I would have liked that, you know, maybe Battle of Epping Forest can start off the set, or actually Battle of Epping Forest is a great set closer. So, you know, that's something that could be, if it was changed around, it could be, you know, a little bit different. Uh, we get After the Ordeal, which is, you know, fine. I, I don't dislike the track, but it's not one of those ones that, you know, I thought was lost from the set after a while. It was just like, oh, you know, it's it's a nice little instrumental uh, that Steve and, and uh, Mike Rutherford wrote. So uh, the cinema show, Isle of Plenty, great things. I thought that when they first started doing the cinema show a couple tours ago, that the instrumental part at the end needed a little bit more energy be- behind it. And this these two versions I saw on this tour had that energy with it it was done at the speed it should be done I almost think like the cinema show instrumental needs to be done at a speed where you're almost falling apart from it where the band is barely holding on to it like you know I'm used to the versions that Genesis did from 81 onwards where they're just plowing through this and again holding on by the seat of their pants but playing it with an energy and a kind of madness that I think it needs. And um, then we get Deja Vu, the Gabriel Hackett song, which I'm not a I'm not a fan of it on the Genesis Revisited album, but I thought the live versions were fine. Uh, but I didn't, I wasn't hungering to hear the version live. Had a good guitar solo by both times by Steve in it, um, and it was fine. So Dance of the Volcano, great end for the uh, first set first set for the show before the encore and I thought that was really solid and then Los Endos great way to end it but again not not surprising nothing not uh, nothing different there maybe I would if I were to give counsel because of course I'm being asked all these things about what could be changed, I would say do an instrumental end of vocal song as the encore. 
um, do Tucson, do a Tucson encore, and you know maybe end with Deja Vu, and then do a Dance of the Volcano and Los Endos as um, the encore. You know that also makes it a bookend of Trick of the Tail too. So there's that theme if you want to go with that. So I think that's that's kind of where it's where it's at. You know, with those shows, I can always recommend both artists to go see them because it is something that I just don't. Um, again, you don't know how long you're going to be able to uh, to go see these people again. So see them as much as you can. So the so do that as you as you can. So now I'm gonna uh, I put out on Twitter that um I was gonna be doing this, and so I said, hey, if there's any things you want me to address, how about addressing things? So I'll do this right now. Uh, well, this is kind of like the lightning round of Genesis, tabletop Genesis. So Patrick Fillion, Nathan Fillion's brother, the actor, maybe not. Um, how light asks, how likely do you think Phil will make any other show? I assume like a live show. Um, well, this is January 27th, as I said before. There was just in the news recently that there was Phil at a basketball game and Mike and Tony were there with him here in New York. So... What does that mean? Does that mean they're together doing things? Who knows? Again, Phil was trying to reel us in at the concerts. So is anything going on? Maybe. We'll see what happens. So so I think that, you know, could they be testing the waters with stuff? You know, we'll see what happens. You know, in I do think that if anything positive comes out of if they are doing anything, if they are even talking about doing anything, I have the feeling we'll know pretty soon. You know, they're not, things aren't going to get stretched out. So watch the skies. Maybe I'll do another one of these if an announcement happens or if no announcement happens. So so there we have it, Patrick. I think, but will Phil, let's say if Genesis doesn't happen, would Phil tour again on his own? Yeah, I think he would, but I would like to see a little bit of a change. Maybe just, maybe... He would do smaller shows that are a bit more for, you know, the longer time fans. Um, I always thought that was the thing about doing Carpet Crawlers as the last song in 2007 was that, you know, that's a song for people who are staying all the, all the time. And it was a gift from the band to us because we'd been there for so long. And... You know, maybe Phil can do something like that for himself, you know, and that type of thing. Or maybe he's doing exactly what he wants, and that's fine, too. So, um, Dave Finn asks about the musical box Genesis Extravaganza 2, assuming I saw it. I've not seen two. I think I saw one, which was a year or so ago. Actually, I saw it with the other tabletoppers and in the Philadelphia area, and... We were, I, I, I have an interesting kind of thing with tribute bands. I enjoy them in the moment, but if I don't see them, I don't see them. I'm, I'm not super interested in seeing bands do note perfect recreations of Genesis stuff live. Um, but with that being said, the musical bots is very good at what they do. And if I'm going to go see a tribute band, they're one of the ones to see, one of the top ones to see. And they put on a good show and I liked that it wasn't trying to mimic a live show from back in the day and that they mixed it up and played some uh, really different stuff going back into the history. I think that the the show I saw, I think they did Seven Stones. I think they might have done 
Madman Moon, maybe? I can't remember. Uh, another one I should have looked up when I saw this tweet, but, you know, that's something going on. Mike Walsh. So, again, that's that's my thing about tribute bands. I still think the best, a, a tribute band or a cover band idea that I've always thought was great, and I might have mentioned this back in the day with the, the, the episode about cover bands we did, tribute bands, was that I would love to see a band do the the modern Genesis, the which is now 30 years old, the the newer Genesis, the Invisible Touch, the Abacab, the Genesis, We Can't Dance, even Calling All Stations, in the style of old Genesis. Use Mellotrons, use some of the, you know, old guitar effects and stuff like that. Kind of prog it up if you want and see what it's like. I think that'd be fun, if nothing else. Um... So, you know, that's and maybe do the reverse with um, some of the older songs, really kind of streamline them and kind of make them a bit more verse chorus, really, really work things over and do something a bit more creative with it. Um, but that's kind of an, an, antithetical to the idea of tribute bands where you're trying to replicate something. So maybe I'm not just not into tribute bands. Have you ever seen the Genesis show? I have not. That's another tribute band out there. I don't really have uh, anything else to say about that. Um, Richard, uh, the Rich Goodwin asks, Mike, que please quash all these ridiculous reunion rumors. Well, I'm not really in a position to quash anything. So, um, I, if, if people were working for me, I would be doing a very different podcast. Probably we would be doing a very different podcast. So, you know, this is, we are independent and, you know, while we all have our ears to the ground and hear different things going on, you know, I don't have any power over anything, but I think, you know, we'll have to see what goes on. You know, I think that as a fan, I find it difficult when people say, when fans say, well, the musicians should do X, Y, or Z, which I was just doing with talking about Steve and Phil's stuff. So anyway, I, I, I point the fingers at myself too. But when they say musicians should do X, Y, and Z, to the extent of they shouldn't play anymore, they shouldn't tour anymore, they shouldn't do this. My thing is that if you're not interested in it, you don't have to go. You don't even have to listen to live albums or even you can live in denial and say that those tours don't even happen. So, But, you know, a lot of people have enjoyed going to see Phil on these tours, leaving these shows. A lot of people didn't see anybody who wasn't really happy leaving the shows. So... So that's, um, give them a chance if they do it, or if you don't want to give them a chance, don't go to the shows. But, you know, if it's something that, that you're not interested in, find something you are interested in and really trumpet that up versus saying that people shouldn't enjoy what they enjoy. So Richard, that's not directed, Richard, the Rich Goodwin, that's not yell me yelling at you or anything like that. I think that it's, it is a valid thing about, you know, reunion rumors do go around a lot of times, but but there are other fans who I've spoken to or seen written about that Phil shouldn't do this or whatever, and it's like, well, you know, they're they're independent human beings, so they have a chance to do what they want. Um, D. Williams, The Last Long Hair, asks if I was curious if I'd seen any Mike to the Mechanic shows in the last several years. Not aware of anything but UK and EU tours and no idea how Roachford and others come across. If you have what mix material, Genesis strictly Mike to the Mechanics and quality. I'll take my answer off the air. Well, that's good, David. D. I don't know if that's David or D. Williams. 
I have seen Mike and the Mechanics. They did do a short tour over here back in 2014-ish. I forget exactly when they did. I, we saw them in uh, what was now, I think, called the Nokia Theater. Maybe it was the Best Buy Theater in, in Manhattan. They put on a great show. And so I, I've seen the reconstituted Mike and the Mechanics once in London in 2014, so then in the U.S. probably in 2015 or 16 uh, at that Nokia Theater show. I think I just might have said it was 14, but I know London was 20, uh, 2013. So then in the U.S. at the Nokia Theater, and then they did a, a show down in Asbury Park, which is right where I grew up in the town right next to it. So got to go down there for that show. And it was being recorded for a PBS TV show, which I forget what it's called. But um, and then they also on that leg, it was just a little promo gig they did at the Highline Ballroom in New York, uh, where it was the same set as the Asbury Park gig, if, or if it wasn't the same, it was very close. And that was they were all fun shows. Like they they put on a good show, and they are very um, good at what they do, which is kind of more straight ahead rock pop type of stuff i thought roachford and the news the other singer tim howard came came across really well i think it's obvious these guys have chemistry on stage um i think anthony drennan anthony in the english way of saying it and uh the drummer gary wallace who had played with pink floyd back in the day they're a tight unit and mike was playing great and having fun and i think they are very good at what they do they're not my favorite solo act of the Genesis solo careers, but I do like a lot of their songs. It's just that I'm not Gaga for them. So I'd say that to address that, I think that for any U.S. fans out there, if they do come around again at any time, I would certainly go see them because they put on a good show. And I think it's well worth uh, checking them out. Now, if you hated Mike and the Mechanics back in the day, don't bother with it because they're, you're not going to enjoy it now, most likely. Uh, unless you listen to one of their new albums and it actually clicks for you, don't worry about it. But if you were a fan back in the day or if you're just mechanics curious, then uh, then go for it. Check them out. Uh, let me look at... My phone just disappeared as I rambled on about that. That was actually it. So I think that um, for those of you who put some questions out there, I'm at about the 34-minute mark here. I think that's a good kind of placeholder episode until we get our next couple ones up here. We really want to kind of have, kind of get back onto the monthly re release schedule. And so we might do a couple more of these type of things. Maybe it'll be Tom next time. Maybe it'll be somebody, one of, one of the other ones of us who uh, just want to talk to you all about something. And if you like this episode, let us know. If you didn't, let us know if it's not fun listening to podcasts just as one person rambling. I totally get that. Uh, but sometimes it'll be interesting, and we'll see how it goes. But anyway, thanks for listening. Keep listening to the future episodes we do. Hopefully we'll have some good interviews coming up for you some point soon. Nothing's on the horizon, but I'm always trying to think about or work some contacts out and you know, see if we can replicate some good information. I mean, Phil is in New York. So Phil, if you're out there listening and you want to chat, I've got a laptop and I can travel. So with that, I wish you a good night. Haley the cat, who didn't meow at all during this, wishes you a good night. 
and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Tabletop Genesis. Archived episodes can be found at tabletopgenesis.com, along with updates, polls, and various other podcast-related news. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes to have shows automatically downloaded to your computer when we post new episodes. To keep up with all the Tabletop Genesis activity, follow us on Twitter at Genesis Tabletop. You can like us on Facebook by searching for Tabletop Genesis, and you can email us directly at genesistabletop at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the podcast or send us questions we can address on future episodes. 